Welcome to the Knowing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bachman, and I am a licensed professional counselor. On the show, we read and unpack the Bible together with the goal of knowing Jesus better. Go figure. Today we find ourselves in John chapter 4, verses 1 through 26. This is where Jesus talks with the Samaritan woman. Verse 1. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and his herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. The Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am he. This is a glorious story in the scriptures. I am drawn to how Jesus' mission from the get-go is revealed to us. It says in verse four that he had to go through Samaria geographically and all, for all kinds of other reasons, Jesus didn't have to go to Samaria. And actually, in fact, Jews 
went out of their way to avoid Samaria. And so we see here that Jesus, the Lord, man, God says, I know there is a woman in this town and I know this town needs to hear about me. Even though my people have called them outcasts and have nothing but negative things to say about them, they're mean, they're racist, they're ethnically superior, whatever the phrase was at the time. Jesus said, I have to go here and talk to these people. Jesus breaks the cultural rules saying that a man shouldn't be talking to this woman, especially a Samaritan woman. And not only this, but Jesus shows his own humility that even though the Jews considered themselves so much superior to Samaritans, that Jesus humbles himself, is vulnerable, and says, will you give me a drink? (laughs) This surprises and shocks, and I'm sure put the Samaritan uh, woman off guard, not realizing and not expecting that a man, especially a Jewish man, would ever ask this of her. And then verse 10, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, I have read this passage so many times and have not noticed that phrase before. If you knew the gift of God, this is the theme of Jesus's ministry as he shows people the mysteries of the father, the mysteries of having a new and profound living, active relationship with the father that we get to talk to him in a more intimate way because of what Jesus is doing on earth. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. From here, another interesting point jumps out at me that hasn't before. There's two parallel conversations happening here. One is the very necessity of water representing not only the need for the physical water itself, but what the water represents. The ability to have herds and crops taken care of, to grow, to sustain oneself in a physical sense. Again, the need for water itself, but also for our daily needs and resources, food, clothing, etc. None of that is possible without water. Water is essential. And yet Jesus says, that you will continually need to come back for water if all you're looking for is a paycheck, if all you're looking for is to have your physical needs met, you will never be satisfied. And this is where then part two of the parallel, the spiritual water. If we are seeking for our needs and our hungers to be filled with materialism, we will always come up short. We will always hunger, or in this sense, thirst. We will never be quenched. And yet Jesus talks now about the living water that only comes from him. Only he can satisfy our souls, both on this side of heaven and in heaven itself. Jesus then goes to say something so bold that when we are filled with him, he becomes a spring of water living inside ourselves for ourselves, but more importantly, for other people so that when others encounter us, they encounter Jesus, that they find that they are interacting with part of Christ in us. For that is what Christian means. It means little Christ, not in our own power, not for our own glory, but because the spirit dwells inside of the sons and daughters of God. And when we are connected with our vine, we cannot help but reflect who Christ is, and that is attractive to other human beings. We were made for him. 
But the problem is it's so easy to be distracted. It's so easy to not be connected to our well or our vine to be doing this life out of our own strength and our own power and to be so anxious and so frustrated and empty. Just because we have a spring that bubbles up inside of us doesn't mean we don't need to be refilled. We need daily communion with our Father, daily communion with our brother, the Lord Jesus Christ, and our friend. Moving beyond the parallel, now Jesus starts getting, I don't even want to say personal, because he's not mean. He's calling out the reality of this woman that she has been seeking the false water, the temporary water, the physical water. She's had five husbands. She has a current man who is not her husband. And Jesus does not shame. He does not guilt. He calls attention to the reality, but he is also seeking to fulfill the woman's empty soul. And this is what is so attractive to her. Jesus does not come out swinging, does not come out judging. This woman does not proclaim to have it all together. And so he doesn't need to be stern with her as he is with the Pharisees. From here, the woman asks about this prophet that might be coming, about the Christ, about worshiping. Jesus talks about there's a time coming when we will neither worship on the Samaritan mountain nor the Jerusalem mountain, but we will worship the Father anywhere and everywhere in spirit and in truth. Jesus is speaking of how he is going to tear down the separation from the commonplace to the holy of holies, that there is no longer a geographic location where people come to worship the Father, but instead, because of his sacrifice, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that all believers worship the Father anywhere and everywhere in spirit and in truth. And this is where the story continues to be entertaining, engaging, and just amazing at this woman's faith. Unlike his own people, this woman starts talking about the Messiah. I know that the Messiah, the Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And all Jesus then has to say is, I, the one speaking to you, am he. We're going to continue this tomorrow, but the idea is the woman runs to tell everyone that she has met the Messiah from this brief encounter. Was this their entire conversation? Was there more? That we don't know. Someday we'll know the whole story. But regardless, this woman encounters the son of the living God, his presence, his kindness, his attention, his love draws her into submission to him. And in such a way, he becomes so attractive that she must tell everyone that she knows. So if you're hyper analytical like myself, maybe you notice these changes throughout the week as you do this podcast or others and are soaking in God's word. If not, then I'd encourage you start a journal. Uh, what are your thoughts like uh, when you start the podcast, when you start reading the scriptures and after a week, after two weeks, what do you notice is different inside of you with how you see yourself, how you see others, how you see the mission of God, society, whatever. God's word changes us. That's one of the reasons it's so valuable to be consistently in his word, to let it shape us and make us more like him. I just have to confess, 
In this short time where I've been reading the Bible each day, I am noticing a change in myself. I'm more patient. I'm less anxious. I mean, I am a very anxious person. And I just noticed that I've been in such a better place because I've been trying to focus on God and his mission and who I am to him. And just reading his word has helped pivot my mind into such a more healthy place. I hope that you have had similar experiences and would love to hear something that you're learning and growing in. Uh, This concludes today's episode. Check out for new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. Thank you so much for listening. I'd love to hear something you've learned or want to learn more about. You can share comments and continue the conversation on social media. Links are provided in the description. You may be wondering, hey, Brian, we're supposedly reading through the New Testament in five months, but you only cover 40 verses every other day. How is that possible? You, my friend, are observant. The short answer is we are building towards more content daily, but I also need your help. Liking, sharing, telling your friends are all very helpful. And the most helpful thing you can do is to become a supporter for as little as $4 a month. Thanks again for listening. and I can't wait to dive into more life-giving scriptures with you.